Gracias for pressing play y welcome to Smart Chickens, a working together smarter where diversity meets innovation and growth podcast. On today's episode, we have a very special guest, a very creative video producer and storyteller extraordinaire for B2B brands, Gonzalo E. Velos. We have an interesting conversation around his background growing up in Venezuela. We unpack many valuable lessons he learned from his struggles and hardships during his journey from Venezuela to Austin, Texas, where he studied at the Austin Film School, and finally landing in Tech Hub in the Silicon Valley of the East, the city of Boston. Through his creative prowess in the tech scene, he has held creative positions with Math Challenge, a startup accelerator in Boston, the Gromit, a product launch platform, and led and managed Drift Studios for the conversational marketing SaaS leaders, Drift, while they catapulted to, one of, to become one of the best known brands in SaaS. He currently is the senior video producer and creative with Alci personal experience platform and SaaS leader. He has certainly made a name for himself in B2B tech and is the founder of a new YouTube channel and LinkedIn series called Creatives in Tech, where he deep dives and explores the intersection of product marketing, sales, and creative for B2B brands in tech, and is challenging the marketing status quo. As always, this podcast is brought to you by our good friends at digitechie.com, a conversational marketing demand gen and Six Figures Hill Pipeline Revenue Accelerator Consultancy, and gypsyforever.com, uniquely handmade wellness products that help you connect your mind, body, and soul to achieve a better balance to you. His work has been showcased in CNN, The Huffington Post, Bustino, NBC's The Today Show, Dr. Oz, Forbes, and more. In his film attributes, he's been awarded the Red String Short Film Selected in South at South by Southwest Screening Top 40, semi-final on Love Letters contest by Mont Blanc, Latin America. Gons is truly passionate about film, cooking, design, outdoors, and music with, with his own original music, Spanish pop rock alternative jams. So, vamos, let's dive into the show, and without further ado, here's Gonzalo E. Veloz. Buenos dias, señor Gons. You're connecting to audio, so we'll be joining each other soon. Hey, good morning, man. Good morning. How's good it morning and happy uh, Friday to you. So, you know, this is uh, pretty cool and exciting, Gons. I know we only know each other uh, uh, virtually, if you will, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, LinkedIn. And so, you know, this is, uh, is a, it's a treat for me. Um, Super excited being here. Awesome, man. So this podcast, just so you know, it's, it's, it's the, the birth of this or the, the origin is that uh, I'm trying to create a, a, a podcast that's dialogue styled um, and also around diversity, diversity in the workplace and how that breeds and drives innovation and growth in organizations that embrace it, right? So I know that you are a smart chicken because of your background uh, coming from Venezuela, Austin, uh, of way, of, as way of, you know, Austin Film School. And then what you've done in Boston uh, in a couple companies has been pretty incredible, your journey. So I want to kind of dive into that and unpack that a little bit. So, you know, walk me through a little bit, you know, because I know your origin story and those are important, yeah. especially for, for, uh, for folks that are coming in from, an, from another country. Uh, what, what was it like growing up in Venezuela, you know, and uh, tell us a little bit about that and how that turned into coming here to the States. Yeah. So growing up in Venezuela was, it was a weird experience in a way because it was amazing for many reasons. Venezuela is an awesome country for many reasons. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, with like the political situation and the social situation, it was kind of like 
oh, like a constant, like slow downhill for many years. So, yeah, I was, I was a, ch- I was a kid. I was like six years old when like the, like the, the government got into power. And for me, like I just like growing up is all what I saw. I saw a lot of struggle and like a lot of that kind of stuff because like there was like a lot of things that were affected. Economy was very affected. My family was very affected by all the situation. So, so it was like when, when it was the time for me, I, gra- I, I was finishing high school and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was just kind of like in this weird situation because like I never knew what I wanted to do. I wasn't a good student. A lot of my friends were like leaving the country to go like study English somewhere or like go to college in some other country. And the combination of me not knowing what to do, plus my family's economy, it was like, I was very stuck for a bit. And I started college and I, I wanted to study communications and the school that I picked, it was like a school close to where I grew up. It wasn't a good experience. And I like pretty much stumbled around for a bit. And then I moved. That's the Universidad Fermín Toro in Venezuela, no, correct? No, no, uh, Universidad Arturo Michelena. In, oh, okay. Yeah. Different. So, so that's kind of like my first experience, experience in college. It didn't work. I moved to another city. I moved with my dad in the capital. And to, you know, to like have more opportunities that I was going to find the city I grew up. And uh, it was brutal, but it, it was the place that gave me the opportunity to like start my career as it is right now. I got a job with my, I have a cousin that owns this uh, company that uh, does like huge corporate events. And they also own like a bunch of summer camps. Like, so, so what happened was I get this job with my cousin. I started doing like social media. And because like, I always like to write for like, I always loved writing. And suddenly one day they needed to make a video for some reason. And like, nobody kind of like knew. And I was like, well, I can try. I like cameras <laughs> and stuff. And I tried and I. Always doing free things for family, man. That's what yeah, like, I was mean, right? no, it, it was Let's like a try it. If he breaks something, he'll pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> But it was funny because it was like a company thing. They were like, yeah, we need to make like this video. It was like around the time where like lipped up videos were like very trendy. So it was something along like that. And I remember we made it. I I edited it. It was like the first time that I opened like an editing software in my life. What'd you use, by the way? It was like iMovie or something. Okay. Okay. That's fine. We're opening that thing. And I was just like, what the hell am I doing? And (laughs) uh, it was like my boss at the time was like a great mentor for that because like he didn't know what he was doing either but like he went straight up to like help me and Mm -hmm. it was literally like how that world opened for me it was like my first opportunity and then from that moment on all the years that I worked in that place I I was doing photography video traveling all over the country I started managing a small team and then I transitioned to work in uh, like in politics for a little bit and that's kind of like where I got in a bit of a little bit of trouble with the government back home. And I can imagine. Yeah, and ultimately, it was what made me make the decision of moving here uh, to 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 the United States. Or like coming here because my original plan was to just come here, go to school, go back. Um, sure. Because like school was never like a good thing for me. Like I never liked school. I always struggled at school. But then I found this opportunity in like a small film school in, in Austin that they were doing like the a- Austin School of Film, right? 
yeah, it's a very small school. They're a nonprofit school. They're funded by like private companies and, and the government and, and a few uh, private uh, donate donors. Mm-hmm. So when I went there, it was like a very hands-on experience with a lot of very amazing people. And my journey in Texas was very short because like, you know, like life happens. It was very like, it was very like complicated, like family wise with the family that I was staying there to not get into a lot of details. So it was like, I went there, I did the school thing and then I needed to go somewhere else. I was applying for political asylum because of like the, the all the stuff that, that happened to me when, when I was right. and what And obviously what's happening in Venezuela during this yeah. whole time. Yeah. So what, what year was that? And then from Austin Film School, what, how, how did you land in, in Boston, in so the greater tw- Boston area? It was 2015, I was broke. I didn't have money. I didn't have anywhere to go. I couldn't work. So I started calling people to ask for help straight up because my family were like, you can't come back. Like you are like, it's dangerous. Right. And I called everybody like that I knew. And I had one of my good friends, like I call family and I have family in Florida, friends in Florida. And I call, I called like a friend that lived like in Atlanta. I was just like looking for options. I was like, I just need a place sure. to crash for a bit while I get my work permit and do it again and, and, and get back on my feet. So I have one friend here, one of my good friends from back home that we met working for that company with the summer camps that he was here. And I'm like, I call him like, dude, this is happening to me. I'm desperate. Like I need to find a place. I'm like halfway through the story. And it's like, yeah, I don't care. Like move here. You can live with my couch. Like I don't care. And I, I got here. I, I literally had no money. I had only, I couldn't afford the plane ticket. I remember I called my dad and I was like, hey, this is the last time I'm going to ask something from you, but I need you to like help me like buy a plane ticket to Boston. And it was just like this thing. I like, I've never been in Boston. I like, I didn't know anything, but I it just, I just needed like a place to like hang tight for a little bit. And I, yeah. my dad gave me like $50 or something for like a one-way ticket. Couldn't like check in any bags, just donated a bunch of stuff, put the, the rest like in a, in a, in a backpack and like a carry on bag. And I got here and I had like 70 bucks. I had no winter clothes. It was tough. Right. It was very tough. So once I could start working, I got like a couple restaurant jobs. And fortunately, fortunately, going back to when like I was so bad at school that when I graduated high school, I wanted to take like a leap year. And my mom was like, yeah, sure. And signed me up in culinary school. So, so I, I <laughs> used that knowledge to survive for a while. That's great. Yeah. But resourceful for sure. Oh, 100%. It, I, at the moment I hated it and now it's like I'm so grateful for that and then when I moved here I stumbled around for a little bit my friends were kind enough that they paid for my first couple months of rent they like took care of me and I'm super grateful still we're like really close friends like to this day that we're friends great, back home we're sort of we're family and and you know I like I, I got my first job I got my door my, like my foot in the door in the Boston tech scene when my first job at uh, Mass Challenge, the startup accelerator, mm-hmm. uh, like the, the biggest nonprofit accelerator on the, in the world, I think. And I started there as an intern. I, I literally went to a holiday party and with like, you know, like, like my friend's girlfriend, she wasn't like in that world. She took us to the party and I like shamelessly went to the guy that I knew was doing like marketing. I was like, hey man, like I do videos, here's my card. I'll send you an email tomorrow. And that's I said, great, man. You took the initiative. You saw okay. an opportunity and you said, I'm going to take it. A hundred percent. 
like I and and literally I emailed them and they were like, well, we don't have money. We're a nonprofit. We can't pay you. And I'm like, I'll do I'll do it. For, I'll, I'll do an unpaid internship. And, it, and, and that's kind of where I started understanding a lot of the nuances of like how this world country tech, like industry is like you mm-hmm. like it was my taste of like, OK, unpaid internships, unpaid internships are only for the people that can't afford it. Like that first first lesson. And yeah. Yeah, I literally worked my ass off. I had two restaurant jobs. I had the internship. It was brutal for a while until they hired me. And that was kind of like with my my. My, my foot in the door. I worked there for like a year and a half. Then I went to a company called the Gromit, an e-commerce yeah. company. I went there for like a year. And it was an amazing experience because it was like a different part. I was like nonprofit, then to like e-commerce for profit, understanding more like it was like a good hybrid of uh, direct to consumer, like B2B and B2C kind of yep. approach. Then I went to Drift. And right. So talk me through that because this whole time, I mean, you, you definitely became very resourceful. You paid your dues. You, you were doing, you know, uh, two, two, you know, three jobs at once, burning the midnight oil for sure. And they say, right. And Gons dicen que success happens at the intersection when opportunity meets and preparation meet. Right. So this whole time from even schooling in, in your, your schooling in Austin, your schooling in, in Venezuela and your work, um, at the nonprofit mass, you, you get this opportunity. How'd that opportunity come when specifically about drift? So when did that intersection happen? So drift, drift, I mean, With DJ and DC, right? DJ and DC. The, the guys that, <laughs> Elias también, Señor yeah, Torres. Well, first of all, I love those guys so much. I do too. Uh, you know, I'm a reseller for, for drift. So I, oh, I've been okay. following you guys oh, yeah, for yeah. three That's, plus years and I think they're great, but, but tell me, how, how did that magic yeah. happen? So, so, so I was looking to live, leave the grommet, and originally my original plan was to go freelance for a bit. I was doing like some freelance work with uh, my friend, Daniel Salcedo. Uh, he's like a, an executive producer and like tech founder in New York. And he has like a, Very cool. so I was doing a lot of freelance for him and, and, and like another one, great mentor, great friend. And he, I was doing a lot of freelance from him and he was like, dude, I have like a lot of work. If you want to like be serious, like straight up, you, you can like work with me. There's like a lot of work. And I was just thinking about it because like, I, I wanted a bit more freedom. I was like, it was, it was kind of like the first time for me in my time in the United States that I was not only thinking about surviving and like the grind and like just make it work. Yeah. But I wanted like, I wanted to like have done some of that like self-realization time. And I was doing that and David, and then in the meantime, that happened, David Cancel DC sent me a message on LinkedIn and it was like, Hey man, like, you want to like come talk with us about maybe working here? And I'm like, sure. I didn't, know, it, man. I didn't know who these guys were. No, I like, sorry, sorry. This was like, well, well, I, after I left mass challenge and I was interviewing in a bunch of places and I ended up at the ground. But like the first time I talked to them was with David, reaches out to me to go and talk. I go and talk to them. I had no idea who they were. Like, the, it, I knew, like, people would tell me. I talked with, like, a few, like, a couple board members from Mass Challenge, and they were like, yeah, no, David and Elias are awesome. They're Latinos. You're going to love them. They have, like, these amazing. And I was like, sick. Because I've never been that kind of person that, like, 
like knows the names of like all these influential people. Yeah, yeah. Jeff like you know, you're you weren't in the tech scene per se, and weren't really cared too much to I research like, and say, I just, I, oh, he's a six-time founder. You know, he's worked at a, a global, uh, you know, powerhouse like HubSpot at a high level. You know, sold businesses. Uh, has yeah, I, right. I, so yeah, I get it. I really never care about that stuff. Like it's just like <laughs> it's not me. And you still don't because I, I I check out your LinkedIn uh your post, you know, which is yeah. great. You're a bit of a rebel with a cause or without a cause, I'm not sure. But <laughs> I, I like what you're doing with your 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 uh, we'll get that in the in the show too about your tech yeah. and um you know creative and creatives and tech. But go ahead. So so yeah. you don't know who you know you don't know no, who DC I have no idea who, who, who he is, but but then he approaches you via LinkedIn. Yeah, David reaches awesome. out via LinkedIn. I show up there. I talk with with uh, DC, with DG, with Keith, the director of recruiting. Shout out! How did they hear about you? Like, how did they DC know? I have no idea. <laughs> Maybe your guy from New York. You know, he's a New Yorker. So, but it, I think it was just like because like there, I there's there's been like a couple milestones in my career in the industry that I I I know there have been the key ones. So I I made a video for Mass Challenge. That there is. You go. The, that it was literally, it's literally still like four or five years later. They're like key, like they're like they're like, like pillar, pillar, pillar anchor, anchor yeah. video piece. Yeah, I, I get it. Really like the way, how like they and uh, I saw it. I know we, I know the one you're talking it, about. It's it on your LinkedIn mission. profile. Yeah, and yeah. they and I and that video literally opened a lot of doors for me. Like, Regó la voz y abrió las puertas. Yeah, people awesome. people literally tell me like still like do that video. And, and I, yeah, I think David saw that he reached out, he reached out. Like I went there. I was like, this is awesome. I like these people a lot. Drift was like relatively small at the moment. There were probably like 40 people and we're talking and they didn't hire me. And, and this is like, that's, this is like a joke that I still tell that I, I, I every time that I talk to Elias, it's like, yeah, I remember when you didn't want to hire me. And it was just like this joke. And yeah. And, and, but we still, we kept in touch. I taught, I would like, Elias started following me on Instagram and we like talk. And, and, they, and DG too. And then I went to the grommet. And then when I was like trying to do that freelance thing, David reached out again. And he was like, hey, like, are you ready to come work with us? And I went there. Drift was already like, an, I was like already like uh, almost 100 employees, maybe. Yeah. And yeah, I wanted to work there. Because like it, I, I was very infatuated by like not necessarily what they were doing because like 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 we have talked it's just like I'm not the biggest like tech person that loves the products I'm just more like I stand behind what these people are trying to do in terms of like the philosophy the culture. of the company and the culture mm-hmm. so I I went there and it was amazing it was like two amazing two years of a lot of amazing stuff amazing friendships amazing projects super grateful to like that I work with all those all those people. Um, still great friends with a lot of them. And it was, it was an amazing thing. I learned so much there because there's like a lot, like beyond the cliche of like, it's a culture of learning, all that stuff. I just learned a lot directly from them. Like they taught me a lot of stuff. I went, it was a tough environment to like working for some, like for people like that, they have like such high standards for everything. It, it was tough at points and but it was really amazing it was my first real opportunity to work for somebody that wasn't a marketer so that was amazing too i worked for my boss there matt gemple the creative director amazing guy he literally changed the game for me in so many ways 
because I coming from like working for marketers all the time and me being the person that I am, that is just kind of like against that in a lot of ways. Right. You're, you're, you're more leaning to the creative side of yeah, it, and, the and, pragmatic just, marketing side. And I'm just like, not like, and, and this is something that I have learned, like just because like the American culture, people here are obsessed with nuances. See. People here get caught up in like the smallest details of yeah. stuff. Detalles, numeros, yeah, data, like, data, like, data. Let's, let's, let's do it. Like there's yeah. like stuff to do. And mm -hmm. working for Matt for me was awesome because he taught me a lot of stuff about how to like, like how to use my senses to make stuff make sense. Like, or, or like, I, and, and there's like stuff like one time I remember we were talking about hyper growth, like the drift conference. Yeah, those are some anchor anchor projects that I think put the, you know, obviously put uh, conversational marketing uh, as a category leader and also put Drift as a brand. You know, I, I, I followed you guys really closely and the stuff you guys did with, you know, coffee with a CMO, um, all those projects, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, D DC and DG riffing on his wisdom podcast, seeking yeah. wisdom podcast, all those things, obviously people that don't know all the undertakings and the, the amount of time, energy, brain share, creative workload that, that goes into these projects, you know, um, they, they see the end product, but they don't see all the, all the project tasks and to do's that, that take to do that. Right. So my hat goes off to you guys because you guys were early on in bringing both an incredible, I, um, you know, event like hypergrowth and you grew it, you know, significantly year after year. And also the, just the differences in, um, in being creative and going and thinking outside the box on shows like, you know, coffee with a CMO, uh, you know, all those things, you know, so, so I, 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 I'm presuming that, you know, your, your creative wind uh, wings kind of extend, expanded there because you had one, the support from what I'm hearing you, from from uh, you know from, from your director of creative and, and also like from from and then from dj everybody. and then from dc who also embraced it and understood brand was important and to get to brand you need to have very creative folks behind the brand right so that's that's awesome so so take me now forward a little bit so you also obviously have an entrepreneurial journey this whole time it sounds like it's been an entrepreneurial journey um and that's create how has that shaped um, those experiences and what you're doing now in Alsi, how has that shaped you um, in terms of your style for, for working on projects, whether yeah. they're freelance or, or with the organizations you're with? Yeah. So, I, well, I think, I think I, I'm like going back to a little bit of what I, what I learned at Drift. It was, there was like a lot of, of stuff that I learned in terms of like patience and, uh, and also gave me the opportunity to be, a bit more selective with the stuff that I work on. Um, and, and also like, like a drift, I got the opportunity to manage, like seriously manage people for the first time, not managing freelancers, but managing full-time employees. I was a manager of three people at drift. So that was like an, an amazing lesson of a lot of things. Sure. So when I decided to transition to Alice, it was because for me, I was like, okay, drift, like got there went early took it to the point that it is. And now it's like a different thing. It's a different beast. It wants to go up market. And sometimes, you know, like we, we it's, it's just like a different step in the journey for me and, and for them. Sure. So I wanted to go back early. I wanted to go back to the early days of a company going back to work for, first of all, a CEO that believes in brand. 
So Greg, the CEO of Alice, is a big component of brand. And yeah. working again with with people that like are mark they're working with marketers, but also working with creative people. And and it was like a good reset for me because it, it allowed me to understand what's like this the place for me. So first of all, my place in my professional career is I think is to grow organizations, grow brands from the early days to like big enough that can stand on their own. Yep. And then in the terms of my, my freelance stuff, it's been more like, okay, what, what are the things that I really want to work on? Because earlier in my life and in my career, I was like, I just need to work because I need to get paid. But now it's like, I want to do work because it makes me happy to do it. Like every once in a while, there'll be a project that is like lucrative enough that I'm like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll do it even though I'm not super excited about oh, it. Oh, come on. You're telling me you're going to sell out to your creative, you know, not your, always. Your, 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 your creative, uh, what do you call it? Uh, innate, oh. innate, you know, nurture uh, versus the, the, uh, the, the, just the, the money, the money bag. But no, I understand. It's hard on creatives. Time. Not all the time. Like it, because it, 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 it's just like, I'm not the biggest fan of selling my yes. selling my time and also selling my like mental peace mm-hmm. because like usually you can like there's projects yeah that's the trade off you're right you might take it for the money but it might be not worth the yeah. headaches that you'll get there's been projects there's been projects that like the money's great and like halfway through a project I'm like listen like here's your money back and please don't it's not gonna me. work yeah. don't email me again ever please yeah because no, it's just I, like. I, I, I agree. People think that because they're paying you, they kind of like have a, or, or like, a, like some sort of like yeah, power no, I, I, over you. I completely, you. completely understand that. No way. Yeah. And, and that, that, and that's what experience and time has allowed me to do. And that's kind of like when I, when I talk with, with younger creatives in a way, mm-hmm. like that's kind of what I tell them. It's like, you like at the beginning, you need to do whatever. Like there's going to be shitty projects. There's going to be like stuff that you're not going to enjoy doing. Sure. You got to kind of pay your dues. Yeah. And, and even when you're in a company, like sometimes like a drift analysis of the grommet, there's been projects that I'm not enjoying, but are projects that the business needs. Right. And, and, and I'm okay with that because like that's what pays the bills and that's what helps the company and that's what helps people sell and people like get leads and all that stuff. And, and I'm totally okay with that because like I, I have like, and that has been the biggest lesson for me in this journey. Like I, I stop having the mindset of the artist. Right. And he decided to have a mindset that I'm 50% an artist, but 50% yeah. business person. Absolutely. You have to have that hybrid mode of pragmatic business, what, what is good for the business and also what's good for the brand and the creative part of that. Right. So I know that you're talking about that in your texting creative, right? Um, now, so what, what would you consider, you know, to be some of these superpowers that you've, you've sort of developed that, that might be due to your upbringing, you know, the, 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 the last few um, positions you've had, what would you consider that superpower to be? My, my, I think my main superpower is to be able to make stuff out of nothing. <laughs> Great. Like, I, I think there was a lot of times at Drift, it happened a lot that, like, that I was like, okay, we need to make this something happen, but we have no budget, no anything, and, like, we <laughs> did it for, like, in a couple of days. And, yeah, and I would go and do it. And, and my other super, my, and I feel my other superpower is, like, I am very good understanding people and i'm very good with people in general um i i have an ability to make friends and like make connections really easily like genuine connections because like 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 you have said like i i am i i am known for having an attitude and 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 sometimes 
there are people I don't like and, and that's fine. Like that's fine, yeah. I don't need to have a relationship with them, but when when but when I but when I get to develop relationships with people, I it's a great opportunity to do great work. And right. That, you know, there's very authentic, that's for sure. You wear you wear what you think on your sleeve, you're not afraid to voice what you feel. And I followed you on LinkedIn a bit now and I know that you've had you've been very transparent, um, you know, around even things like mental health. Right, which in the month of May, you you put on some pretty powerful, you know, uh, you opened yourself up about depression, which I think is great. Yeah. Uh, not everyone does that, right? G two Crowds uh, CMO also posted something along the same lines. He's we very talked, open we talked. It was yeah. it was yeah. thanks to him. Bonsini? Yeah, I I talk with Ryan, and 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 we talk every once in a while. He he, mm-hmm. he we I have a couple of funny stories with him in terms of he wanting to hire me. <laughs> But but he's he's a good guy, and when yeah. he did what he did, it, it it was very helpful for me, and it was why I decided because like around that time I was going through a lot of stuff, like that I don't know if I had like an explanation of why I was just like in a very tough spot, and when I saw Ryan, that is a person that is like very known in the industry, yeah, say the things that he said, like I remember I reached out to him and I was like, hey man, like thank you for sharing that because. It, it, it gave me like a lot of like license and agency to, to also feel that I can do something like that too. And, and it was, yeah. And, 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 and that's the thing. Like I, I am who I am. Yeah. I'm a human being like everybody else and I have flaws and I have good things. And there are things that I, I feel sometimes when you speak about them, you're going to help other people. And especially mental health, uh, I think vulnerability makes you stronger and it's the kind of thing that will set you free. And in this industry that just obsesses so much with like a lot of negative role models, in, in my opinion, like in this industry that obsesses about like waking up at three in the morning and like to, to, go, to, to go to the office and like start early before their yeah. early work gets warm or like i'm gonna just not eat for 20 hours a day like all these like weird trends that people jump on like people it's just like i feel it's just like a weird trying to show like how tough you are mm-hmm. but, but being honest i know i'm like tougher than like 75 percent of people that work in this industry because i have lived through the shit that i have lived yeah like, so, no, so, so interesting that you say that you're right. Um, sometimes we project the wrong type of leadership qualities by saying that we don't sleep, basically, right? So that leads me a little bit to this whole work life and mental health has a lot to do with your work, your, your work, you know, we're doing, you know, because of C19, we're all working from home, right? Yeah. So even pre C19, uh, there's a lot around what you could do around work life balance, right? Yeah. Um, and so Talk to me a little bit about you. You're creative, yeah. right? So creatives also have a different, you know, sometimes creatives work better at night, right? So they have different biorhythms, right? Your, your best work, and I know you're a musician. So talk to me a little bit about how do you get your creative strategies um, flowing and, and, and how are you also balancing that right now as we're living through C19? How are you balancing that? Yeah, I, it's, it's funny because like I was joking with some friends yesterday about how the, the, the quarantine and the pandemic has had some stages. Like at the beginning, everything was so wholesome. Everybody was trying to learn how to bake and like do all these things. And now it's a point that just everybody hates each other and like nobody's happy. <laughs> and for me, it's been like a lot of ups and downs. So one of the, like the biggest decisions I decided to make um, during this time was to get my own workspace. 
at home. Um, I got on LinkedIn too. You documented Gary yeah. V style. It was my, here my, you go guys. This is what I'm actually building my studio. Yeah. Day one of day two, day 10. How many days did that take by the way? It took, it took me like four days. Okay, good. <laughs> so, so what happened was I was like real estate in Boston is so expensive. So I was like trying yeah, no, to find an apartment to move by myself. And I was just like searching and searching and I was doing the math and it wouldn't, it, it wasn't adding up. And I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna go to a studio apartment and literally be in one space again. Like, so fortunately, well, fortunately one of my roommates decided to move earlier. And instead of me trying to find a roommate, I was like, I'll take over that room and turn that room into my bedroom and turn my former bedroom that used to be a living room into the studio. The studio yeah. And I, it was awesome because like, it was the first time that I could like get all the equipment that I had like out of boxes because I would like have them in like plastic containers and stuff. And I was like, I'm just going to buy some stuff and make some soundproofing. And it was like a DIY project mm -hmm. that I decided to do over a weekend. And that it has been awesome for me, like having my space. I love that, like, man. I love that. I love that you put it. I love that you put it out there on LinkedIn, by the way. I love that you are following your true calling. So you know you're creative, right? You're not going to be sitting there doing spreadsheets and looking at analytics. You'll let the marketers do that, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> and I, I know that. And I, I, I have, I play, I, I play on both uh, the creative side and the, uh, the pragmatic, uh, you know, digital number crunching side. And I, I hate being a spreadsheet marketer, but I know that it, it comes with a territory that I'm catering into the, the B2B space. So I know that I have to do that too and have that skill set. Yeah. But I love the fact that you just put it out there. You said, here's how I'm doing it. If I can do it, someone else can or anyone else can 100%. put their time and That's effort. That's the key. That's and the key. And so, yeah, you know, how, how would you um, – because you did that, right? I'm seeing you already as, as a role model, you know, without you knowing you're becoming a role model as you do those things and, and post them. So talk to me about what you feel that you, you are, are putting out there to the community, especially for young creatives that are going through a tough time right now, right? So we put ourselves in their shoes. They, they spent oodles of money on, you know, you know, you know on, on college degrees in creative arts or whatever. And now they're trying to break into and they maybe are gravitating towards, oh, this, this thing called visual arts and creative sounds interesting and I want to do it in the tech space or what have you. Yeah. What, what, what would be your, 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 your top, top advice for them, right? Um, knowing what you know, yeah. what, what, what would you be telling these folks if they were like your brother or sister? It's, uh, there's like a few things. Um, the first one is developing that, a little bit of that business mindset. And because it's really easy to like, I, in my experience that I've talked with like a few kids that are younger that, and it's like, yeah, I want to be the next, you know, Demi and Chassel, and I want to be the next Quentin Tarantino. And it's like, okay, like they already are who they are. Like, how are you going to do that? And especially you see their work and like their work is not so far from there. So it's like, first of all, you need to practice the hell out of your craft. You need to practice like not only like, stuff for money but stuff for yourself for me like that's why i decided to start a youtube channel like yeah i want to like practice stuff second be a like, practitioner I'm so don't just get the theory and think the theory is going to take you there i agree 100 percent. you've got to be a practitioner and be willing to fail yeah like that's the first step like practicing a mindset of you know of like there's going to be people who are going to be better than you and like be mindful that like even though you want to make art, like your art's not going to be important for, like your art's only going to be important to you, right? So if you decide to make the, the, the move of working full-time for a company, you need to understand you're servicing the company. Yeah. And 
maybe like you're gonna be fortunate enough that I, like I have been to work for people that like like cool stuff, but that's not gonna be the case a lot of times. And right. sometimes it's a matter of ego, right? Like I I had a, like like my ego was huge earlier on in my career because I thought I knew it all, and then slowly like life kicked my ass often, <laughs> and and now I'm like yeah like I'm not the best. I know I'm pretty good in the industry, like. And maybe I'm not the best, but maybe I'm the most, like one of the people that like it's trying to do it differently. And that's why I'm more noticeable than other people that might be better than me. Mm -hmm. Because that's the thing. Like sometimes you're not the best, but maybe you come up with like the craziest ideas that people love more. Like, yeah, it's it's just like you're you're zigging where people zag, which I know that you, you probably, that, that probably rubbed off you a little bit too, uh, from DJ DC and also from you yourself, right? And your experiences. So what do you see right now? Uh, you're in tech and you've been deep, you know, neck deep in, in, in sort of the tech creative. And now you're creating, you you're, you just created your channel that I, I watched and I, I actually put a comment, by the way. I'm, yeah, uh, I saw it. And listen, I've been, you know, I'm, I'm, a, you know, I'm on, on the fourth floor. You have to go to Cuarto Piso, 40, 46, right? So I've been there, done that in terms of, I still have tons to learn. I'm a lifelong learner, curious like that. But I, I know that marketing and sales has always been, marketing, sales, and creative, that, that intersection has always had its ups and, you know, its, 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 ups and downs and its challenges, right, yeah. in any industry and in any company I've worked for. But what, what, are you, what are you seeing right now um, are some good, you know, strategies or tactics that help bridge all that, right? Because for, for, for better or worse, we all have to coexist in an organization yeah. to really get to both, uh, you know, get the brand that we want to be world na- world world class known right that, that's what the aspiration is the coca-cola brand the nike brand right but at the same time get the business metrics that your vc investors or that the industry it kind of dictates right you know SaaS companies have to get to a certain amount of of, of users and 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 revenue and and and, and that's because the the community right the vc community and just the general nature of a capitalist society is going to dictate that. Right. But so what are you seeing or what would you like to see? Because maybe you're not seeing it and that's why you're creating the channel, but what would you like to see if you're not seeing it? I I, I would like to see more respect. That's the first part. Um, You know, like I I have seen a lot of, I I have seen and experienced a lot of uh, like opportunities where there's been like a lot of disrespectful approaches to like the work of creatives because like I think it's more often you're going to see a marketer or a sales rep undermining how hard a creative works that you're going to see a creative undermining. Like I'm never going to be like, Oh yeah. Like those spreadsheets are lame or whatever thing. Like, Oh yeah. You don't know how to use a CRM or like, Oh, is that really going to take you that long to export that, that, that bunch of leads and put it in Salesforce? Like I'm like, I'm, I'm never going to say that because like, I don't know, like, I don't know how much it takes. But like I like I, I can recall experiences where somebody was like, "Oh, is that really gonna take you four hours?" And it's like, "Yeah." Oh yeah, yeah. If they've never I, done video editing, that's the magic of easily. And 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 I and I can recall a bunch of those experiences. And I think there needs to be more respect. Like I, that's why I'm encouraging creatives to literally stand up and tell people to like, no, like say no and be more. I, upfront about like ex- the expectations that people build around stuff because mm-hmm. if graphic design or video editing is so easy like i would love to t- invite people to go and try to do it no I, I i love where you're coming with that what i would say right having having um 
been through those situations, right? I, I try to empathize completely. I think empathy is a word there that's missing. Um, to empathize, you got to be in someone's shoes, right? And that goes both ways, right? So I think one thing that, I, <clears throat> that I've seen work successfully is companies that do a little bit of cross shadowing and actually spending a day in the life of, right? You can only really empathize if you walk a mile in the shoes of someone else, right? So what I would, what I would encourage, um, and I think you're doing this already, but is, you know, have someone from sales, an SDR, an AE, sit with a creative team for a week and, 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 and you know, be a soundboarder, but also observe that while they're doing their work and their calls or whatever, they're seeing how much it takes to get the creative concept from a brief to actually, you know, in production to, 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 uh, to going back and forth and, and changes, uh, you know, and, and, and then going into a final, you know, kind of final cut or final product that you're getting still the final, uh, you know, uh, approval or the, yay, the yes or no, right? And see that that's a process and see the time and effort and energy it takes, right? And in fact, I would even go further, you know, make it a little winning, a little project, have fun with it, right? Hey, listen, I'm going to give you access to my illustrator, right? And I want you to create, or I'm going to give you access to my Camtasia, or I'm going to give you access to my Adobe effects. And I want you to do a small little tutorial. I sent, I left you a little tutorial for you to try to create a, a, a 30 second spot for social media, yeah. right? How would you sp- put your spin to it? And I think that I've noticed, right, growing in, 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 in working in both B2B, B2C and, and, and industries, that it's because sometimes we work in these silos and we're also, you know, we've got the, um, the horse, the, the, you know, the, the horse blinders. We're so focused on doing our SDR work, right? CRM and calling and outreach or, you know, or in marketing, looking at our dashboards, right? And, and what programs are, are, are needing to go out and, and evaluating them that we forget about the collaboration that's happening along the way. And we forget how much, you know, it takes to do X, Y, Z. And that goes both ways, right? Because someone who's the demand gen side will tell you, hey, listen, man, I got like six projects on my plate. This quarter's numbers are dependent on it. I know I'm dependent. I, I need your help on a creative because, you know, I don't know that world. And I, but I know that this, these videos that you guys drop are killing it or helping us open the doors for our first, you know, blah, 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 right? Our cohort of sales, sales yeah. uh, qualified leads to come in, all that stuff. So I, I love what you're doing. And I think that I hope that what happens is that the dialogue becomes not a, a them versus us, but a how can we really, in a real way, right? And the only way that I think would be real, to be honest with you, in, in my experience, is to actually have someone do it. Yeah. In other words, uh, as a small example, uh, post show, I'll show you, but I did the, just a small video for the intro to smart chickens. I, I was up till, you know, like almost one in the morning, right? Because I'm not a, a, a Gons Velas. I didn't get a, a, but I can empathize now. And I have all my cousins in Ecuador, by the way, are video professionals and they work like for Reuters and big companies as well. And I know the work they worked with me for my agency. It doesn't take an hour, a half an hour, you're not putting things up on like promo.com. And even that, those kind of platforms where people think, oh, that, and a monkey could do it. It still takes time. Yeah. The creative brief behind it. Takes it takes haste. That's yes. something that people don't get. Yes, that too. So <laughs> I, I love what you're saying. And I, I hope that that show starts picking up, you know, um, I would love to see kind of the debate. And I would, I would encourage you to actually do these sort of like, you know, when you guys did old school teardowns of landing pages and yeah. stuff like that that everyone does. I would love to do a teardown of an SDR having to do a project. You give them a week to yeah. complete it, right? And then vice versa. They give you a project oh, yeah. and say, oh, I need yeah. you, Gons, to get on the phone. And yeah, you need to get on the phone and do 50. Get on the phone. Yeah, you know, yeah. walk a mile in my shoes and then we can. And what I love about that is that right now we're all going through this, 
you know, here in America, of course, this, uh, you know, uh, I would say social unrest 3.0, right? And, and part of that is that you've got to show empathy, right? And I say that that's bleeding into the workforce. And that's what my show is about. It's how are you really showing empathy? How are you thinking as a group? So not group think, but because of the diversity that you bring to the table, Gons, and your experience, all of it coming from Venezuela, going through what you went through in Austin and, and in Boston, to what you're doing as a creative in, in, in tech, that's important for people to see that perspective, right? And learn it and, and absorb it and get something out of it and vice versa. You can learn from someone else. So I, I love that you're doing that. I think you're, you're leading by example there. Um, to wrap this up a little bit, because I know you've got to go and as well as me, you know, leaders are readers. And I've heard Dave DC say that, and I, tons of, of great executives um, in different industries have said it. What are some books that you've read or film? Because I know your major's in film that you uh, are seeing and, and why would you uh, recommend it to someone? Yes. Uh, for books, I recommend um, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Uh, amazing book about you know, mental health and, and, the, and the human being. Uh, the Creative Quest by Questlove, the drummer of The Roots. Um, that's an amazing book about like, like he, he's a guy that it's like a multidisciplinary artist. He's a drummer. He's a DJ. He's a writer. He's an entrepreneur. So, so he has a lot of that great stuff there. I love design books. Like I am such a fan of design books. I, I love anything related to like typography. I love Aaron Drapling's book. Aaron Drapling is a designer that has worked with like a ton of people, including like Obama. So his book is really amazing. It's like, it's not really necessarily like a book you read, but uh, yeah. it's, it's a cool it's book. It's got more visuals, like a lot sure, of stuff. Right? <laughs> Yeah, but, but, he, but he, he's awesome. And like his TED Talks are awesome. And then in terms of film and that kind of stuff, I highly recommend people to watch Chef's Table on Netflix. It's a documentary series about chefs, but mm. it's not necessarily about the food. It's a lot about like their upbringing and like who they are. And there's a lot of very meaningful stuff there from the point of view of the human being. Um, Excellent. about like stories because like it's it's been like four or five seasons and they have chefs from like new york and chefs like this the chef that's it's like this korean monk that she literally lives like in some like a, like a monastery like in korea like wow but chefs wow. all over the world bring her like to a restaurant so, like there's a lot of beautiful stuff there and it's an like beautifully looking show mm-hmm. and and if it's a movie that I recommend people to feel good about pursuing the, their dreams, uh, Chef with John Favreau. It's I sure. love that movie. It's like it's in like a lot of it was in Austin, so that, right. I love that movie. It brings you back a little, brings you memories. Yeah, yeah that's literally. awesome. It, that's awesome. Really like there's like a scene that it was in like the first place that I went when I moved to Austin. Wow. Uh, so it really, it's like deja vu. Yeah. So those are all great. And by the way, I know that, you know, you're going to give me those and we're going to put those in the show notes because I, I, I haven't heard of some and I definitely uh, I want to want to want to check them out. Um, so where can people find you or connect with you? Yeah. Um, they can find me. I'm, I'm Gons Veloz on Instagram and Twitter and uh, on LinkedIn. You can find me as Gonzalo Veloz. And uh, for creatives in tech, just, uh, Search Creatives and Tech on, on, on YouTube and okay. you will find it. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much where, where you can find me. Man, I love it. I love it. Listen, I've been following you for a while from your days of drift. And uh, I know you're going to do great things. And I love this tech, you know, uh, Creatives and Tech uh, concept idea and channel.